You're listening to the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast, created by the Arthritis Foundation to help people with arthritis and the people who love them live their best lives. If you're dealing with chronic pain, this podcast is for you. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. Here, you'll learn how you can take control. Our host is Rebecca Gillette, an arthritis patient and occupational therapist who is joined by others to help you live your yes. Thanks for joining us on the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. We are continuing our conversation about newly diagnosed with arthritis. This is a very important topic to me. It's the impetus of why I became an occupational therapist to begin with. And feeling so isolated in those first two years of initial diagnosis, not knowing what to do for myself to manage my arthritis or who to turn to or who to talk to about it. And so I'm really excited about our conversation today because I am joined by two friends who also have arthritis and also work at the Arthritis Foundation to share their journey of living with arthritis. And our focus today is words of wisdom, the things that we wish we had known when we were first diagnosed in those first couple years, and maybe some things we've learned along the way that might help you manage your arthritis as you're trying to figure out your day-to-day. So joining me today on the podcast is my friend Kevin Purcell and Bailey Bowman. Bailey, ladies first, you share (laughs) with our listeners a little bit about yourself. I was diagnosed when I was eight years old. I had just started riding horses and all of a sudden couldn't get on my horse anymore. And my knees were probably the size of baseballs. So I was pretty lucky in the fact that I got diagnosed pretty quickly. I would then find out (laughs) probably 20-ish years later that I was diagnosed with extended oleoarticular JIA, which means that initially less than four joints were affected and then within six months, more than four joints were affected. So I've had it in my toes, ankles, knees, hips, wrists, fingers, elbows, jaw, all the places. I started volunteering with the Arthritis Foundation when I was a sophomore in college. And I had never met anyone with arthritis that was around my same age until I started volunteering. I volunteered at the Jingle Bell Run. And next thing you know, I was helping with all of the events. I helped plan our first kids camp called Camp Coda, Kids Out to Defeat Arthritis. And I just never went away after that. Volunteered for about three or four years. And then a position became open. I was the community engagement director. And now I am the integrated marketing manager and absolutely love it. So I've lived with arthritis for almost 20 years. I'm going into my 20th, but I'm definitely just about 20 years older than you. Um, (laughs) Kevin, can you share a little bit about your story? Sure. My name is Kevin Purcell. My arthritis journey began when I was 10 years old. The ring finger on my right hand actually started swelling up. And my pediatrician actually said it was a fluky thing and it would go away. A couple of weeks later, I found myself at the beginning of a two-month stay at a teaching hospital outside of Boston, Massachusetts. So there was not a lot of things that could be done back then. And within the, uh, my stay of almost two months, both my wrists were fused, my left elbow was fused, and my knees, neck, and ankles 
were well on their way. And this is just the fusions happened. They weren't medical fusions. Oh, wow. What I wanted more than anything was to somebody say to me that it was going to be okay, that uh, your life was going to be a little bit different, but it doesn't make it any less of a life. Unfortunately, that didn't come till many years later. So in my teenage years, my isolation, my body image, and my self-esteem were the most serious uh, parts of living with my juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. I felt like I was the only one in the world with it. Uh, I got to the point where I didn't like looking at myself in the mirror because I hated my body for betraying me. My communication skills were awful. Uh, if I spoke to somebody, I didn't even look them in the eyes because I felt like my words were meaningless. In my mid-20s, I went to my first arthritis foundation support group outside of Boston. And for me, it was life-changing. For the first time, I met another person or a, a number of people my age living with it. Same, same sort of joint deformities as I have. But unlike me, who was angry and bitter, they were wonderful, happy, successful. After that first support group, I went to my first Arthritis Foundation National Conference in Philadelphia, where my network grew from about a dozen patients to now over 100. And uh, that really changed the direction of my life. I started volunteering for the Arthritis Foundation. I got my knees replaced also in my mid-20s. So that made me physically feel a lot better. But I moved out to Arizona, started volunteering for the office, being a kids camp counselor. And I started volunteering at a national level for the Arthritis Foundation. I started my own nonprofit called Arthritis Introspective. And our focus was to train people to run support groups in their local communities, as well as once a year have a national gathering of all of these groups. We slowly started building up our relationship with the Arthritis Foundation, ultimately emerging with the Arthritis Foundation almost six years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. Wow, yeah. So the Live Yes Connect groups, the online communities, a lot of the volunteers that were facilitators for AI, of course, are now facilitators for the Connect groups. Currently, I work in the helpline. And that is fantastic because I get to talk to people every day about what they're going through. One of the things I really like to do is talk to newly diagnosed people. And it's not only in this country. I'm very fortunate that I get to connect with other people from around the world. That's so awesome. Kevin is the reason we have the support group community that we have today, whether it's online or virtual now or in person. The first community event I went to at the Arthritis Foundation, I finally felt like I met my people, like these people around me know exactly what I'm going through. They understand the pain. They understand the challenges, but they understand also that we need some hope and we need something to hold on to. They know that if I'm having a bad day or they see me limping or walking funny, they know there's a reason behind it and they don't have to ask any questions. They're just there to be there for you. I wanted this to be a conversation among friends because we are that for those of you that are newly diagnosed and listening can feel like you're in the room with us and, and feel like, you know what, you are not alone and you will be okay. It's going to be okay. So to kind of frame up our conversation today, I wanted to talk about a few specific areas when you're first diagnosed. 
what kinds of things were you surprised about when it came to your diagnosis? Let's start with you, Bailey. Yeah. So it's actually interesting that when Kevin said that he didn't even want to look in the mirror because he felt like betrayed by his body, essentially, I 100% felt that same way. I had to take like prednisone and things like that when I first got diagnosed. And my cheeks looked like I was a chipmunk that had like things stuffed in them and they were so big and it was terrible. Although I had to take the prednisone so I could actually walk because of that, I didn't like the way that my face looked. So it was really frustrating. I think the biggest thing for me was the fatigue. I think still to this day, I forget that because I have arthritis, that's why I'm tired. Like I'm not just tired because I didn't sleep good or I did too much. I'm genuinely fatigued because my body is fighting against itself every single day. I went through the same exact thing as you, Bailey. I was in my 20s and I was on up to 40 milligrams of prednisone Mm -hmm. a day because my flares were so bad when I was first diagnosed. And I didn't even know or realize that my face was that swollen. I think they call it moon face. Mm -hmm. And so thus begins your love-hate relationship for the rest of your arthritis journey with steroids, right? That's that's a really good one to point out. Kevin? I don't want to continue to point out how old I am. <laughs> uh, back, newly diagnosed, that's all it was. There wasn't anything right. else until probably gold shots. My mom was an RN and she said no to steroids as a child. She wow. knew that that was all there was. And it would have been 40 to 60 milligrams of steroids for me every single day growing up. I was not introduced to any sort of steroids till in my mid-20s when I was recovering from my knee replacements. So I'm six feet tall and I still have very good bone mass and I do credit my mom for this. But like you guys said, it has its place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I was first diagnosed, it was my right wrist. So I'm right-handed, my dominant hand. Naturally, when you're in that kind of pain, luckily my left hand wasn't hurting. I figured out that I had to start doing things with my left hand. This is something that nobody really teaches you, but until you're put in that situation and you realize, oh, wait a minute, like I, how am I going to do this? Start using your opposite hand on a regular basis just to get used to using it. Because one day you might wake up and that dominant hand is swollen and stiff and not working for you. And you're going to have trouble getting ready. You're going to have trouble brushing your teeth and feeding yourself. But if you start practicing before the problem happens, it makes it better. Want to connect with others who understand what you're going through? The Arthritis Foundation's Live Yes online community features forums on specific topics where you can chat with those who know what it's like, including healthcare experts. Or check out our local virtual connect groups for a more personal touch. Sign up at arthritis.org slash live yes. One thing that's very scary at the beginning of a lot of people's arthritis journey is losing function, mm-hmm. uh, joints, having a hard time walking, etc. And it could be very, very scary. But one of the things I like to tell people is you have no idea how good we are at adapting if we need right. to. Our brains do a great job 
with taking care of what needs to be taken care of. Yeah, this is why I became an OT because I I learned from an OT in a, literally a 20-minute session things of I should know to protect my joints. And nobody had taught me that in the first 2 years. And now those those types of adaptive equipment are so easily accessible online. It doesn't matter what joint it is, but having a professional help teach you why it's important to use some of these tools, even if you're not in pain, and also what things you can do to prevent some of the pain that you have. It's really overwhelming when you're first diagnosed. So you get the diagnosis. A lot of times it might be from your primary care physician, and then you have to find your specialist in rheumatology. Walk me down that, Bailey, like in your transition from living with it and having your parents help you manage your arthritis what that was like transitioning to try to find a doctor that fit with you. I've had a very mild case of arthritis. I've never had like this excruciating. It hasn't been as bad as a lot of people have had, but I still to this day, there's probably things that I can be doing to one, protect my joints or two, not be in the pain that I have right now. It doesn't matter how long you've had it. You can probably benefit from taking advantage of the the different products and things that can help you. As for my experience, in Utah, we have an amazing healthcare system, um, Primary Children's Hospital, and we have the best of the best there, in my opinion. My doctor was great, but my nurse practitioners, they are just the most kind and caring people. So I obviously don't remember a whole lot about when I was younger, but one thing I do want to touch on is that transition from pediatric to adult. Man, nobody prepares you for that. <laughs> yeah. But one thing I would say is pay attention to what your parents are doing because I have never had the amount of appreciation for my mom as I did when I went to my first adult rheumatology appointment by myself. It was, I had to call her to ask her how to fill out the form. Like, mom, when was the last time I got this shot? <laughs> There's so many things that you just don't realize that your parents do that. And then the insurance, when I turned 26, man, I was, again, praising my mother because she had done all of this stuff and advocated for me for all of these years. And I just had no idea. So if there's one thing I can say of when you're you know, a child getting diagnosed, pay attention. Don't just take a backseat to your, your diagnosis. Be present. Be asking questions when you don't understand what your parents are doing. Ask as many questions as you can. Um, have them explain to you the process of getting prior authorization, which is not fun. Whether it's, you know, you're uh, an adult uh, onset RA or another autoimmune uh, disease, or you're uh, a parent that has a child who um, is newly diagnosed with JA, or even an older person or in any age with osteo. I mean, it is really important to build up that healthcare team and to become that patient advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have an episode about building your healthcare team when you're newly diagnosed, if you haven't listened to that. And I highly recommend it. Think of your journey of arthritis as you're on a ship. You're the captain. You're in charge of your care. You are the only one who lives in your body and knows what that experience is like and the pain that you're in and the struggles that you have. So you need to make sure that you vocally advocate for yourself, whether it's within your family or within your healthcare team, making sure that you're communicating well. So when you fill out all those forms, Bailey, and you have 
your list starts to get longer of medications you've taken. I have somewhat, you would call it, for lack of a better word, a resume of my medical history where I have all of my basic information, the history, the medications, the allergies, the family history is on there. And so are my list of surgeries. So I just provide that and say, see attached. And um, I love that. <laughs> it's amazing. And I actually have it saved. And I just go in and update when there's a change to medication or anything. And I highly recommend that you start creating your own little medical binder where you keep some of this information that you might need to share with another healthcare provider. That is how you are the best advocate for yourself. Taking good notes, come with notes prepared for mm-hmm. your conversations with whoever your healthcare provider is. Vim is a one-of-a-kind pain management app that can help you track your condition, set goals, and connect with others. It's free and it's customized to your own situation. Download Vim at arthritis.org slash VIM and take back what chronic pain takes away. One of the hardest things I think when you're newly diagnosed is sharing your diagnosis. Who do I share it with? When do I share it? When is it appropriate? I don't want to share it. Do I have to share it? Any tips or words of wisdom you have to share with our listeners? It's totally up to you if and when you want to share it. I was pretty vocal about it because I was in school and would sometimes have to be pulled out of school to go to doctor's appointments and things like that. So I always told people that I had arthritis and the amount of times I have heard, oh, arthritis, isn't that what old people get? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm eight years old with the body of an 80 year old, essentially. So you're right. But no, everyone can get arthritis. And I think the most important right. thing is that you don't have to share it with anybody. I think it's helpful to share it with at least some people, but you're not required by law for any reason to yeah. have to tell your medical history to anybody. It sounds odd, but what was a benefit for me is nobody ever questioned what I had. If I got out of my car on a handicapped spot, you know, nobody ever said, hey, what's the deal? You look young and healthy. <laughs> a person having noticeable uh, arthritis is a lot different, you know, emotionally and psychologically from somebody that does have a hidden diagnosis. Yeah. And I obviously I'm an open book or I wouldn't be hosting a podcast. So <laughs> I've always been a very upfront, direct kind of person since I was younger. I have a very supportive family. And so so mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was anything I, I had to hide. And it's more about the people you don't know who you might feel are judging you. And honestly, I just have never really cared what people thought about me. <laughs> Same. <laughs> For the most part, when people see me, they can't tell. But if you saw my scars all over, you know, from my neck surgeries and my hands and you'd see, but otherwise people have no idea. A few years ago, we went to one of the theme parks and took our son. And a few years before that, I decided that, well, I'm not going to worry about my joints. I'll be okay. You know, I want to enjoy this experience with my son. And that was a mistake. I suffered greatly. I flared for weeks and I ended up having surgery on my foot. 
fast forward a few years later, we went to one and I said, you know what? I'm going to use a wheelchair and I'm going to be okay with that. It was hard, but I enjoyed the day better. We did get in some rides a little faster. So that was a benefit, but (laughs) I enjoyed the day better and I wasn't flaring for weeks to create moments with my family. You know, for me, I think it's your choice when you want to share. That is the most difficult part is that when people don't know and you feel like they're judging you, but so long as you know that you're doing what's best for you, that's all that matters, right? I do want to touch on too that it's a really great resource for sharing your story if you're diagnosed as a kid or as an adult is to connect with the Arthritis Foundation. I think that the most beneficial part of being a camp counselor is that these kids are learning how to share their story and they're doing it in an environment that allows them to feel open and be honest. I know after my first support group, communicating with other people became so much easier. I became completely open once I realized I wasn't alone. Yeah, right. I think it it does when you're exposed to a community of people who who are going through similar things that you are, it does make it a little bit easier to share because then you don't feel like you are alone in your journey. But if there's anything that uh, I would say and leave as a tip is learn as much as you can, ask as many questions as you can, mm-hmm. ask for the referrals to the other healthcare team members that can help you, but ask other people who have it. This is a great segue now into the listener section of the podcast where we asked on social media the question, what do you wish you knew when you were first diagnosed with arthritis and what words of wisdom do you have to share? And we had some really great responses. One of the first ones was, it's okay to not be okay. You're going to be okay. And it is okay to put yourself first. Another one was try not to live in fear. As hard as it is, try to stay positive. And I think if there's one thing that I've learned from my friendships with both Bailey and Kevin, both of you speak to that comment perfectly. One thing that I just want to add is just know that it's just a moment in our journey, that things could and things will definitely change. So try not to focus on, well, it's bad today, it's going to be bad forever. Because I'm I'm an example of, no, that's not how it really is. I think that helps me a lot of the time that whenever I am having a flare or I am struggling, I just remind myself that it's going to get better. It always is better. Nothing lasts forever. And I really do think that a positive mindset completely changes your diagnosis. You need to remind yourself that you're still able to do certain things. Even though you can't run anymore, you can still walk. Even though you can't you know, do these things that you used to do, there's always a substitution. And I think that that's the most important thing is that you'll find something else that you love to do as long as you stay positive and have the mindset that you want to find something else. Yeah. Give yourself permission to, to be not okay, but also right. know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, right? Not to use a overused pun, but I've found over the years that if I give myself a minute to process whatever it is that's happening, good or bad, especially the bad, I always will find a silver lining somehow. And in that moment of 
staying in a dark room and crying and feeling really frustrated and going back to the why me, why is this again? I realized, you know, I found humor. I found humor in needing a, a cervical spinal surgery because I realized that I can now say I have a loose screw in my head and mean it. I literally <laughs> have a loose screw in my head. I just died laughing because I was like, oh my God, I have a loose screw. Okay, that's really funny. And <laughs> so that got me out of my funk, but it was okay to be in the funk. I needed that, right? Yes. And that's the thing too, is you can think like, yeah, that sucks that you have to have another surgery, but how lucky are you that you have the opportunity to get a surgery to make you feel better? So although you are forever going to have that loose screw in your head, which we all know, but yes. how lucky that you can actually get the surgery that you need to help you live a better life. Right, exactly. Kevin, do you have something you want to add? Just that all the time I've known you, Rebecca, you've always had a screw loose in your head. <laughs> and that's why we love you. Yeah. Uh, it's so true. Part. It's so true. I love it. A couple of other quick comments I wanted to share that came through Instagram is that don't slow down movement in his medicine. I think we've all learned that, you know, whether we want to or not, staying active is actually better for arthritis, right? Fear the disease more than the side effects of the medications. I think that's an important one too. I know a lot of people are afraid of some of the medications. I'm grateful for the fact that we have brilliant scientists out there coming up with, you know, medications that help us to live life, right? It may be different, but we can still live it. Exactly. I think that it's so important to realize that feeling better now is much better than anything else that could come on later down the road. There's no cure, but there are so many things out there, surgeries, medications, therapies, that can improve our quality of life every single day. That's the most important thing to remember when newly diagnosed. Get tips to help you take control of arthritis and put your mind at ease with the Arthritis Foundation's free eBooks. They're packed with trusted information from the experts on all kinds of topics. See the full menu at arthritis.org slash ebooks. I want us to each share our top three takeaways of what you want our listeners to know, whether they're newly diagnosed or not. So let's start with you first, Kevin. I think for me, the major takeaway is regardless of where you're at in your arthritis journey, whatever age you are, you're not alone. There are supportive people out there that you can connect with. There's so many ways to get involved, whether it's an arthritis foundation support group or the online community. There are social media groups and there are ways that you can get involved in your own community. So meet others, whether it's just a social situation or like Bailey you know, start volunteering. Mm -hmm. We're all part of the journey together. That's awesome. Bailey, what's your takeaway? The number one takeaway for me is to find a community, to find people that get it and to find people that you're allowed to just be yourself around. The next I would say is to appreciate the people that you do have and the people that support you in whichever way it is, whether that be your healthcare team, whether that be your family, your friends, just really appreciate what all people do for you. 
and let them do it. And then finally, I would just say to find the positive in your diagnosis, to find the positive, whatever it might be. I guess my takeaways would be get educated, understand the disease, understand the medications, understand what it means, ask the questions, come prepared to your doctor's appointments, and you navigate the ship. You're the captain. Get yourself educated, but use credible websites. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, don't use Dr. Google. I wish that when I was diagnosed 20 years ago, that the resources that we have at the Arthritis Foundation were available back then. Ask your healthcare providers all the questions you need to ask to understand your diagnosis and your prognosis, what it means for you for the future, and let them know what's important to you. You just have to find out who the right people are for you to go to to learn those things. Then you can take control and then get connected. That's the last thing I have as a takeaway is clearly it's changed all three of our lives. It is my mission to make sure that anybody listening knows that one, they're not alone. Two, you're going to be okay. And three, you can take control. So on that note, thank you guys so much for joining me in this conversation today. And for those of you listening, if you haven't checked it out and you are newly diagnosed, the Arthritis Foundation does have an app that helps you manage your arthritis and set some goals to manage your pain, but also connect with other people in the community called VIM. It's V-I-M, and you can check it out at arthritis.org slash VIM. Thanks, guys. It was great. Thanks for having us, Rebecca. That was awesome. Thank you to Amgen, our sponsor of this episode. Words of Wisdom, What I Wish I Knew, which is part of a four-part newly diagnosed with arthritis series. The Live Yes with Arthritis podcast is independently produced by the Arthritis Foundation to help people living with arthritis and chronic pain live their best life. People like you. For a transcript and show notes, Go to arthritis.org slash podcasts. Subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And stay in touch.